Hey, chefs. I was listening back to this recording and I found that it was potentially a little tone deaf in terms of acknowledging what it's like to work in a kitchen. I have experienced my challenges and heard my stories about, you know, flying kitchen equipment and and personal attacks and just all the horrible things that can happen in the kitchen. And I don't want to ignore the fact that that is the case. I know that if we go into the conversation that we're about to have without acknowledging that kitchens can be a tough place to work, uh, we may lose a connection that might help forward better conversation in kitchens. So I simply wanted to acknowledge that things are difficult in kitchens and and that is an understatement. But when we hit the top of our professionalism, the difficulty that we experience in kitchens has more to do with the difficulty of the job and less to do with the difficulty of the people around us. We all have good days. We all have bad days. We all have terrible days where we take our our bad days out on other people. But the hope is that if we train ourselves through our own professional development to be better to those people around us, maybe in a future podcast about this subject, I won't have to lead in with an acknowledgement about how challenging it can be to work in a kitchen from an interpersonal standpoint. So having said that, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, chef, and welcome to another episode of Bake Like a Chef. I wanted to talk about feedback today, primarily how we currently give feedback and how we could potentially change it for the better. And I also want to offer an opportunity to join the Bake Like a Chef group where we will all provide great feedback. Hello, Jeff. wanted to talk about how we share our work and how we potentially receive input from others. I spend a fair amount of time looking for people's work and how they're doing and new ideas. Um, and I have it all in my, my Facebook feed. Uh, there are a few other places I'll look, but as a as a passive way of collecting information, I'm a member of a number of different Facebook groups. Um, and it's just a great way to see new things come in and see people's challenges and, and relate to other chefs who are walking through a potential challenging space. Um, but there are also a lot of chefs there either showing off their work because they know it's good or they're showing off their work because they want constructive feedback. And these may be people who are just learning. And I don't know your experience, but in what I've learned about learning and organizational behavior and how people react to positive and negative input, generally negative reinforcement does not work. Um, And when I've been in the kitchen, my experience in the kitchen is that negative reinforcement, in fact, does work, but it doesn't work in the way we think it works. It gets the person to shut down and potentially stop trying, and thus they don't make any mistake. But in any other circle in the world, you take risks, you make mistakes, and you learn from those mistakes. You never learn from your successes, or if you do, you learn very slowly. You learn through your failures which can be expensive in a kitchen, right? You don't you don't want to spend your entire budget for novice chefs to make mistakes, but there has to be some control set around that. There has to be some money set aside where a chef can go in or a new chef or a new cook can go in and try things and fail and learn from those failures. 
Uh, and that's part of what we're doing at Bake Like a Chef through the podcast and all the examples is to help people make these mistakes on their own so that the time they get into a kitchen, they're not making the mistakes there. But you can't lose the lesson. You can't lose the moment when they make a mistake on the job by yelling at them or rating them or putting them down. Um, and you can't do that online either. Right? It just doesn't work. Positive reinforcement and constructive criticism and analysis of the work and explanations as to how to possibly move forward is the best solution. So what I wanted to focus on today, one, trying to support you in your ability to capture work in a way that when it's posted, it provides the greatest opportunity for feedback. And two, generally, how to give constructive feedback and have a constructive conversation about someone else's work. And the third is I've opened up a Bake Like a Chef group, and I'm going to put a very strict set of rules on it. But it is for those who want to join a community where we enforce uh, the positive and constructive feedback, where unwarranted personal attacks are not accepted. So first, let's get started. Constructive criticism is the process of offering valid and well-reasoned opinions about the work of others, usually involving both positive and negative comments in a friendly manner rather than an oppositional one. And what I like about this definition is that it focuses on some of the things that we believe personally in Big Like a Chef, that uh, you as a partner in giving feedback or helping to elevate the person. So it's really given from the perspective of someone supporting someone else in growth and not opposing them. A lot of aggressive feedback feels like the person voicing it is trying to push those around them down. Whereas we believe in lifting people up. And another one here is constructive criticism is the process whereby an individual expresses his or her well-reasoned opinions about a particular thing, subject, person, or action, whether involving positive, good, or negative, bad comments in a pleasant manner. And when you look at the tie between both of these, you're expressing good and bad things. You may say, well, that, uh, that pastry doesn't look like it was browned enough. Can you tell me more about the process? Or it doesn't look like perhaps you used enough sugar. Or what method did you use to make this meringue? The key there being that you're either saying something positive that you can see that's clearly positive, you're saying something negative in a pleasant way, in a constructive way, or you see something strange and you ask a question to help get to a conclusion. You, you ask a question to help get to the source of why potentially something went wrong. But you don't say, I'm going to be very, very silly in this example, but you don't say, you know, Hey, you flipping goofball, what's your problem? Did you learn how to cook at a zoo? This is the worst example of X I've ever seen in my life. You know, why Why are these new cooks out here cooking? And that sounds really silly. Uh, I've certainly heard more aggressive ways of saying the same thing, but none of that matters. Like attacking people's character over food doesn't make any sense and it doesn't help them at all. You take someone from the perspective of negative reinforcement and you push them into a space where they're no longer listening and they feel terrible about what they're doing and they're not going to try again for a while and not in an open space, which means they won't be open for opportunities to hear actual constructive criticism that will help them grow. 
And it's challenging because if they're doing this in the middle of a extremely busy dinner rush and they mess something up, it's hard not to be frustrated because suddenly this perfect timing falls apart. But at the same time, if they're a new cook, you should expect that they're going to make a mistake at some point and you should be prepared for it. So as someone in leadership, you have to expect that someone new in the kitchen, a new cook is going to make a mistake and you need to be prepared for it. You need to set up systems that allow them to fail in a graceful way and you need to be prepared to accommodate for it. And they will learn from that. They will learn from the fact that you're preparing for mistakes and ultimately will be better chefs for you or better cooks. So one thing I'll warn you against, uh, and I wish I could remember who I heard say this first, um, but there's the concept of the feedback sandwich where you say something nice and then you give them negative feedback and then you follow it up with something nice. Again, I'm going to put this in a silly way, but uh, nobody likes uh, a sandwich with a, a spoiled filling, right? No one wants to eat a bad sandwich. Even if the bread's really great, you don't, if it, the, the stuff in the middle is terrible, you don't want to eat it. Um, generally, the feedback sandwich can be used if you're just at a complete and total loss and you need something to anchor to. But what I would suggest is to just step back, take a breath, give yourself the five seconds to take a breath uh, where you eliminate the part of your brain that responds quickly to danger and let the, your higher level of thinking take over. Get that breath in. Uh, reset yourself. And what I would do is try to reframe it from their perspective and say, okay, it looks like you're making this particular dish. Uh, it looks like you tried it with this particular method. Here are the things that worked about it. Here are the things that are okay. And this is one area where I think possibly something went wrong. Can you tell me more about, and then start to diagnose uh, because ultimately your thought process spelled out like that will help them begin to connect with where they potentially went wrong. And they'll start seeing how you think as a trained and experienced chef, which will help them understand how to think like a trained and experienced chef and find their way through mistakes. And then if there's an opportunity to fix it, so maybe it's as simple as having a broken buttercream or a broken ganache, you can you can say, okay, well, what I'm going to try is to check a few things and then I'm going to adjust it in this way and we may be able to repair it. And boom, you have this massive learning moment there. You've improved one of your staff almost immediately. They're not freaked out because you yelled at them and it's just been a positive experience all around. And so I would stick with that particular way of doing things. Just catch yourself in the moment if there's an opportunity to be angry. If there's not, just go right into your script of in any order you want. Here are the good things. Here are the things where I think they're okay. Here are the challenge areas. And here is where I think the challenge areas occurred. And here's how I think we might be able to fix it. Or we can't fix it, but here's what I would do differently next time. And I'll put all of that up on the blog for you. Just a, a basic template of a, a script so that you can read through it and, and give it a try. But ultimately, I think this is the best way to go. And, you know, the truth is, if you're able to show them in the moment, it would be great. Because even if you are as nice as possible, if they've made a mistake and they know that kitchens are a terrible place to make a mistake, if they're not scared in that moment, they'll be a little more mentally activated, which means they'll be taking in more information. So if you, in that moment, are able to 
take the mistake in the context and fix it, there's a great chance that they'll be taking that full solution with them. As their day progresses and they process this, they'll learn the lesson and come in the next day knowing more. So it would be good to talk through it. And then if you can repair the thing and help them repair the mistake with them and say, and even reframe it, you can say, oh, you know, it wasn't great that the mistake was made because it set us back in some way. But on the other hand, now you've learned something new. And uh, hopefully the next time when this, you have an opportunity to make this, you won't make that mistake again. But if you do, just bring it right to me and we will talk through it. And ultimately, if you keep making the same mistake over and over again with that type of feedback and that type of demonstration, there may be another underlying issue that needs to be addressed. But it's not that they need to be yelled at more. So I've set up a community, a group on Facebook. It's called the Bake Like a Chef community. I'm going to use this for now uh, as a place for all of us to gather and share our work and get feedback from each other. I'm going to set up a policy that's very strict, and uh, it means that you know we can't be unnecessarily aggressive with people. Uh, we're going to follow a very basic script. We can practice it here to give good feedback and get additional information. And certainly if people violate it, they will be removed. But my hope is that we establish a really great community of people who are just very skilled at giving amazing feedback about others' work, others' cooking. Uh, if you want access to the group, just go to www.bakelikeachef.com feedback. And uh, you will find the show notes for this episode. You will also find the scripts that I promised, and you will find a link to the community. It is called the Bake Like a Chef community. You're also welcome to approach it directly. Um, it, you will have to fill out the form uh, indicating why you want to be there, and you'll also have to acknowledge that you will follow the rules of the community. Having said that, I really look forward to seeing you there. The other thing that we will cover here is how to best capture your work to receive great feedback. And we're going to focus in two very specific areas, potentially a third that we're working on right now to help support you in getting that feedback. But the first one is simply going to be how well you capture an image of your work. And the second will be how you describe it. And the third will be potentially in the future, a way for you to capture input from the people around you that will help inform how you move forward. Um, there are some really great practices used in the design space, in architecture, in uh, the user experience space that allow for people evaluating something, um, people evaluating an experience, which, you know, pastry is an, an experience, a really great one is, uh, a way for them to give you feedback that will help you drive how you move forward. So we're working on that for you and we'll announce that when it's ready. For the first point, capturing a good photo. Now, I know this is very difficult to do in an actual kitchen and we're working on some things to support that, but Primarily, there are some basic photography techniques, and you can find them on the site if you go to www.bakelikeachef.com slash feedback. All of this will be in the show notes for you, uh, and there'll be links to articles and other resources that support this. 
So if you're fortunate enough to be working during the day and you have a space in front of a window and there's plenty of light, it's easy to set up a very nice two-point setup to capture your dish in nice light. And what I would recommend is taking a picture from the side, almost at eye level, one from the very top, and then one at a customer angle or a 45 degree angle looking down on it and present it from four sides at that angle, or you can just present it from the best side. So it should provide enough information in terms of plating, so composition of the dish, but also the volumes of ingredients that along with the next item I will suggest to add, will provide a fair amount of information that will allow an experienced cook or an experienced chef to give you substantial feedback. It won't be enough to get you 100% of the way there, but it will be a tremendous amount considering you took a series of photos and put them in a space online for people to give you feedback. So the second piece will be the name of the dish. So if it has a classic name, Put that in there. Include a list of ingredients or a list of components. Do what you can to allow someone looking at it and seeing the dish and seeing the colors and seeing the volume. Allow them to identify things that they may not immediately recognize. There may be an abstracted thing on the plate. There may be a sauce and we can't tell whether it's a pureed pepper or a pureed berry. Regardless, if you have your list of components, it will help someone look at the dish and recognize the things in it and give you feedback. And the last is something that we're working on. But what I would say for now, if you have someone around you, ask them to taste the dish and say, what five words would you use to describe this dish? And then if you'd like, you can ask follow-up questions. If you have an opportunity to do that before you submit to the group, you can add that input there. It might help someone provide you additional feedback and possible suggestions for change. And this will just give you more perspective. It won't be one or two cooks or chefs or customers around you. It will be the entire community hearing what others have to say and potentially growing an understanding of what you're presenting and what you've made. And all of those together can be very powerful considering the fact that you're receiving feedback on food online. So you have this balance of two things. One, we'll all agree to speak to each other respectfully and in a constructive way in terms of giving feedback, but we'll also agree to capture our work in a way that allows for good feedback. Otherwise, what I'm going to ask is that you subscribe to the podcast. Just go to your your favorite podcast app and click subscribe. If you like what's happening here, you like what you're hearing, uh, simply subscribe and listen every week, and we will continue to do things to support positive, meaningful outcomes for growing chefs. Well, thank you very much, and we will see you next time.